anxiety hacks, proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Listen with therapist and author Kate Hudson-Hall as she chats with professionals who share with us excellent ways to calm your anxious behaviours. For more help to relieve your anxiety, check out her exceptional book, Anxiety Hacks, on Amazon. Hello and welcome to Anxiety Hacks, the podcast that explores the ways in which anxiety affects our daily lives and the strategies we can use to manage it. So I'm your host, Kate Hudson-Hall, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing anxiety behaviors with our special guest, Alta Swap. Now, Alta's battle with anxiety began in childhood and continued through college and well into adulthood. Despite facing chronic Lyme disease and Hashimoto's thyroiditis in her 20s, Alta was determined to regain her health and help her clients. She studied neurosomatic therapy, EFT, the tapping therapy, emotional freedom technique, psychology, energy healing, and personal development, all in an effort to manage her anxiety and improve her well-being. So in this episode, Alta will share her personal experience with anxiety and how it's it's affected her life. And she'll also provide with us some valuable insights into the different behaviors associated with anxiety and the various techniques she's used to manage them. So whether you're struggling with anxiety yourself or know someone who is, this episode is for you. Stay tuned for a conversation filled with helpful tips and practical advice on how to cope with anxiety behaviors. So let's get started. Outer, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Thank you. So should we begin by about your journey with anxiety? Yeah, it's been it's been a long one. It started when I was a young child. To be honest, I'm not actually sure exactly what age because I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't have it going on in the back. Um, but especially when I was around probably six or seven, I right. had such severe crippling anxiety that I like couldn't be away from like an adult family member, someone that I knew and was comfortable with. Like I wasn't okay being dropped off at the park with my cousins when my parents were even out of sight like even if they were there and I had a hard time going to sleep at night like I was just terrified I was going to die in my sleep or and then I was going to be like totally alone and isolated from everybody so this has been something that's been going on for a long time I got to um college and high school or high school and college and like had a hard time like going to camps and things. I just didn't like being away from my family and my safety nets and stuff like that. And I didn't sleep well. I was in a constant state of like, just um, a pent up ball of energy and like, you know, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, all that fun stuff. Um, Got to college and started getting a little bit of a handle on it. But then when I got sick, um, with the Lyme disease, it just ramped up to a whole new level. Um, 
So, Alta, so for um, for people that don't know what Lyme disease is, because I know that it's you know it is um, it's you know they, people talk about about it a lot more now. But for people that don't know what it is, so what is it? So Lyme disease is an infection. It's generally speaking a very chronic infection that you get from ticks, and now mosquitoes are starting to carry it as well. Oh, are it, they? Yeah. Yeah, at least in the southern southern parts of the United States and like closer to the equator, the the mosquitoes are starting to carry it. Um, it is an infectious disease that kind of pairs up with a lot of other infectious diseases that we call co-infections because they go together. Right. And so all of these infections are attacking your immune system. And so you're in a constant state of the, the symptoms vary greatly, but the most common ones are chronic pain um, or like this extreme fatigue um, and brain fog. So like when I say fatigue, this is not I'm wiped out after a day, of, you know, or I just got done running a marathon or whatever. This is like 30 pound weights on every limb. And on the back of your head, you know, like it's, Gosh. it is incomprehensible to someone who hasn't experienced it. The closest the average person gets to fatigue is a true influenza. Right. Like the kind that makes it so it is physically incapable, that you are physically incapable of doing anything. Like just to contextualize this, I would sometimes take, like I would get in the bathtub and I would not be able to get out for, I kid you not, three hours because I was so exhausted and it took so much energy to get out. And then I would lay on the bathroom table for another hour to summon up the energy to crawl to my bed. How horrific. So, yeah. And brain fog. I mean, it's like walking around with a, with a like big storm cloud over your head. You just can't connect with people. You can't think clearly. It truly is like being in a fog all the time. Yeah. And then you feel the pain element <laughs> and it just, um, it, it cripples people. People will go for decades without figuring out what's going on, being yeah. misdiagnosed. You throw in on top of that, that most doctors, it's changing now. But in the beginning, when I was diagnosed and for many years before that, we were told that chronic Lyme disease wasn't a thing. It goes away with three weeks of antibiotics and then any symptoms that are lingering are not from Lyme disease and, or they're just in your head. So you get a lot of doctor gaslighting too. So they told me that I was an anxious college student, not that I was sick. So. How difficult. I the the Lyme disease thing yeah no that was good that was good so once you managed to sort of figure that out and get some the, the correct help how was your anxiety after that then it became much more of a social anxiety and like um a little bit of like an existential anxiety around my spiritual beliefs and things like that and once I got those figured out some of that resolved quite a bit. But um, when I got the, the 
the Lyme disease under control enough and started dealing with the social stuff. That's when I started dealing and delving into like, um, I had a really, really bad breakup. And so after that, it just, I was supposed to get married. And then he said some really horrible things. Um, and you know, there was just a lot of gaslighting. It was not a good relationship. And so that increased the anxiety again. And so I started diving into any kind of healing, you know, emotional healing, heart healing, things like that. And that's when I started delving into, um, energy healing, emotional freedom technique, things like that to start to try to get a handle on this because I had gone back to the not sleeping thing. Like right. I was going to die in the middle of the night, that kind of thing. Like, it was Oh, okay. Crazy. So from when you were young, you, you went all it the way back, back. It came back. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, I cannot, I cannot keep living this way. I cannot deal with this. And so I had been making connections in the nervous system because something I figured out throughout my Lyme disease journey was the nervous system, the fight flight stress response is the underlying problem with everything that's going wrong in your life. And that's not an exaggeration because that's, that gets set off by your thoughts alone. This fight or flight response is only supposed to happen under actual life and death situations, life and death danger situations. Right. And, and so if you are not in physical danger, actual physical danger, your body should never go into fight or flight. Yeah. But it's been so normalized that people yeah. talk about being stressed as though, oh, it's just a part of life and this is how it's supposed to be. And you just kind of have to manage it. You can it it's never really going to go. That's what people told me about Lyme disease. It's never going to go away. You're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. Are you seriously telling me that I'm supposed to live with illness for the rest of my life? Are you kidding me? No, not doing that. It's the same thing. with. This. <laughs> I'll have none of that. Thank you very much. I'll have none of that. Thank you very much. Exactly. It's the same thing with the stress response. We've been gaslit into because nobody's been able to get a handle on it. Clearly. It's just the way it is. It's this evidence-based my experience has shown me this therefore it's the truth there's a difference between reality and truth i mean some truth is reality but for the most part what you're experiencing is just experience it's facts but there's a ultimate truth that says no we were created to be healthy we were created to be peaceful we were created to have abundant joyful lives that's the original yeah. intent yeah absolutely and absolutely. so i've been trying to figure that out and so the nervous system fight or flight response when this is going off which like i said can be set off just by your thoughts alone yeah when this is going off it shunts blood away from your brain so first of all what do you think that does it makes you not think clearly it makes you illogical it makes you less resourceful less uh, less capable of creatively solving and um, uh, coming up with creative solutions, all these different things. It makes you more, um, more likely to just act on instinct. Right. And this whole feeling of the, the buzzword these days is triggered. Triggered is what happens when your stress response is set off. Yeah. That is triggered. And so in addition to shunting blood away from your brain, it shunts blood away from your extremities, your fingertips, your toes, your arms, um, your lower arms, and it keeps blood only in 
the muscles and organs around the that, organs. Yeah. Mm -hmm, that are needed to run. Yeah. So it's it, to it, run for the hills. Yeah. 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 So your digestive system doesn't get as much blood. Your heart and lungs get blood, but your um your your digestive system, your elimination systems, all these things, they don't get blood anymore. So that's where your immune system, 70% of your immune system is in your digestive system. 70% of your serotonin, so your feel-good hormone is produced in your digestive system. This is a big deal. So that tanks, that that's, you know, brings up depression. Outer, is, is your microphone is it because it's gone a bit quieter oh um oh that's I better yeah okay sorry i haven't changed anything so i don't know <laughs> i don't know i was wondering if you were moving further away from the microphone i don't know mm -mm. no i i have an old computer so there's a possibility that some of that's changed. oh yeah no i can yeah we can hear you now mm. okay where sorry, yeah. where did where was the last thing that you heard so, oh, no, no, we could hear you, but it was kind of going distant. Okay. I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so the extremities, so the, the, blood, the blood gets pumped around all the main um, extremities. Okay, so 70% of your serotonin is produced in your digestive system. Hmm. And so that's the, the underlying cause of depression is yeah. serotonin issues. Yeah. Um, so... You know, that brings up depression in addition to your immune system gets tanked. So that brings up illness, chronic pain, things like that. Your your blood flow isn't restored until the fight or flight response is shut off. And if it never gets shut off, you don't get blood flow back to lots of different parts of your body. And so that causes pain in the long term. So it truly is the underlying issue with everything. And how do you think that affects anxiety? You know, so that's why I focus so heartily on the nervous system stress response and emotional freedom technique is the best thing I've found for dealing with this. Oh, yes. I love the chapping. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. So for people that don't know, it's a tapping on a routine of points while thinking about any negative feeling, any negative emotion, any negative thought. And you can reduce that down by tapping on this routine of points. And yes, tapping is clinically proven to reduce the um, level of cortisol, which is your stress response hormone, in two to three minutes and your adrenaline within five or six minutes. So yeah. it's a physical switch for this stress response. So there's three ways to rewire your stress response. There is physically switching it off, which is the tapping. Then there's what we call top down, which is changing your thoughts to change how you feel. So changing your thoughts, changing your beliefs, change. Well, it, the beliefs is really a different section. The the thought process, paying attention um, in Christianity, we call we refer to this as taking your thoughts captive. Yeah. So taking captive your thoughts and changing how you think that is, you know, 99 percent of self-help and um, self-improvement industry is top down. The yeah. problem is top down is far less effective because you're 90%, 85 to 90% of your thoughts are subconscious. Yeah. So, you know, that's the whole iceberg thing. You only see the top 10%. So 
So you can't become aware of thoughts that you're not aware of. Yeah. Unless someone points them out to you or unless you're getting help in some way. So that's where bottom up rewiring comes in. And that's where we go back. And the type of tapping I do, tapping is just the modality. The process is really the key. So that's where we go back and we're looking at traumas. We're looking at family paradigms. We're looking at behavior patterns and um, things that go back through your family. We're looking at um, where these belief systems came from. And this is actually where we come to the idea of looking at childhood psychology and understanding the issues that you have in your life can be traced back to different points in your childhood. So if you have this feeling of not feeling safe, not feeling secure, it's mostly going to go back to when you were in utero until about age two. That's when our sense of safety and security is established or not established. And if it's not established, everything, it, it's it, this is where like the hierarchy of needs comes in. If you've ever seen that pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. this is the bottom section. The bottom section, the base of our pyramid is on, sitting on a two-year-old's shoulders. Yes. So that's where the primary amount of anxiety comes in is this idea that you learned when you were very, very young if you have a constant state of anxiety, that the world isn't safe. And so then your emotions are built on top of that. Your um, your willpower and your ability to take to action is built upon that. And your relationships, your um, what you what you speak, what you say, what you believe, what you think, and then your connection to God is all built on this. Have you have you felt like you were safe or secure when you were less than two. And so that's the bottom up rewiring. We have to go back and find these places and rewire them with these tapping processes in order to basically correct your foundation so that you can build on top of that. So we're going at this from three different angles. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody comes to see you, so then you'll sort of start off with um, going back to basics and, and to the foundation. Is that where you would start? The very first thing we do is we get super, 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 super clear on what it is you want. If your goal is to, I mean, anxiety looks different for everybody. So if your goal is, I want to be able to go to the grocery store without feeling like I have to turn around and run out, that's, you know, what we really focus on when we kind of really hone in on and clear, get clear on what is preventing you from feeling that way. And so then we'll go through and we'll find, okay, there was an early paradigm. There was something that went on with your, with your parents at this point. There's this belief system. There's this vow that you have that says that you need to be invisible and that if you're if anybody notices you or sees you, then you're not safe and all these different things. And so we'll get really clear on what's underlying. We'll, we'll lay out this map of what's causing your anxiety. And then we'll work through this process. This is actually very closely tied into, like I said, the hierarchy of needs. We'll go through the safety and security section. We'll go through the belief and possibility section. We'll go through the 
taking powerful action section, and then we'll go through the continuing to go on section. So there's a there's a very structured process to go through as we're trying to basically rewire how you interact with your whole life. Yeah. In order to change your your relationship to the world and make it so that you're not feeling so anxious and stressed about it all the time. Because if we find that you have underlying ulterior motives or hidden agendas or things like that, those are going to affect. It's like the reason why just for example, going into like sales, the reason why I'm afraid to make this sale, even though it's going to make me money and make me more secure by having this money. The reason why I don't make this sale is because if they say say no, it means I'm a failure. It means my family was right. It means this person was right when they said that I'm a failure. I'm never going to amount to anything, things like that. And that's going to be the kind of thing that will cause you stress. And we have to figure out that that's there. And then rewire it so that somebody telling you no in a sale is just because they're either not the right person or it's not the right fit. Or not maybe it's connected to a limiting belief. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So so Alja, so if um what what sort of tips have you got for people for the listeners that um they could take away today to help so, with their anxiety? The number one thing that is the most helpful for anxiety is if you tap for five or six minutes a day. So that's this whole process of there's the top of the, the tap, that tapping points I use are primarily at the top of the head, the root of the eyebrow, side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, under the chin, and then the collarbone. Tapping through a rotation of these points for five to six minutes a day will change your life. That alone And all you have to do is basically say the inside thoughts out loud, you know, no matter how horrible, how scary, how nasty, like (laughs) I literally have had to do this. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I just know I'm going to die. I just know if I sleep, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You're tapping on the points on your face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what it does is it takes the scary, terrifying thoughts and then it shut it floods your body with calming hormones as you're going through it and then by the time you get done with it it's like well that's stupid of course i'm not going to die when i sleep you know <laughs> like, it changes your outlook yeah. on that alone will change your life just saying the inside thoughts out loud you know and this is you know i'm not i don't work with ptsd in terms of like army vets or anything like that mostly just because I haven't had them come up, you know, it's not that I wouldn't work with them. It's that I haven't had it come up, but I know of lots of people who have done this with even people who are in that extreme level of dissociation, you know, they'll. I I, uh, learned emotional freedom technique. I don't know in 2004. So I've been teaching it to my clients for a long time and it's absolutely fantastic to be able to help clients to move forward in their life for so many different reasons, whatever it may be. Um, and in my book, Anxiety Hacks, there's a whole section in there that teaches you the, the tapping points and how to how to um, actually follow through and use the emotional freedom technique. So, you know, check that out um, um, because all the steps are in there because it's fascinating mm-hmm. and it does work. It's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so, really um, so, Alta, so how can people find you? So you, you're working online, I take it. 
I am working online. So I am, you can find me, um, my Facebook is Alta Schwab. So I'm, Alta is not a very common name. So you haven't, you know, you'll have no problem finding yeah, me. It's yeah, A-L-T-A-S-C-H-W-A-B. My, my business page is 645 Consulting. So six colon four five consulting. Right. And um, I have a Facebook group that you can find on either of those pages uh, that you can join where I'll go in and do some teaching and different things like that. And uh, yeah, primarily I'm on Facebook these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, wow. Thank you so much for all this fascinating information out there. I'm sure yeah. it's, it's you know, super helpful for uh, everybody with anxiety um mm -hmm. so thank you ever so much for joining us yeah you're welcome thanks for having me yeah thank you and thank you to everybody for listening and before we can make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on apple itunes so you never miss an episode um and also maybe leave us a review on apple Podcasts. it would be fantastic um and so thank you for listening so i look forward to chatting with you in the next episode thank you for listening to anxiety hacks the podcast if you've been affected by anything discussed in this presentation and would like further information please go to katehudson-hall.com that's katehudson-hall.com